Welcome back to the Never Fade NFT podcast. I'm your host, Fax, joined as always by my co-host, Good Month Eth. What's up, Good? Fax, what's Gucci, boy? It's been a weekend, eh? Hey, you've been busy, man. I've been seeing you on the timeline. I've been seeing you on the Ethereum blockchain slamming big hey. time transactions, boy. Let's talk about that for a second. Hold up. You're wearing the Wag Me U jersey? I've never seen it. Dude, I mentioned Snowfro in the last episode that we were recording. So in the meantime, I got my Wag Me U squiggle jersey. It's fly, man. I got the hat. I just wanted to show some love to to Preston Sports Cheetah and the team over there at Wag Me United. It sounds like they had a kind of an exciting finish to a game recently. And you know what, dude? Like, frankly, the reason that it's fun is because... I'm I'm not in it for money. I bought this NFT for a few hundred dollars. Um, I got this merch, and I get to kind of like enjoy this story of of these guys that acquired a soccer team overseas and are trying to turn a you know turn it around and make it into a championship roster by playing kind of money ball style and, and and seeing if they can engineer some wins. It's been rough. I'm not gonna lie. They got a lot of fud. The local fans, I think, want to, like, you know, burn down the squiggle. But, you know, over here, uh, it's kind of a fun concept. So, yeah, I got the merch. Wanted to show some love. Uh, it bangs, dude. What do you think about the merch? Dude, I mean, first off, I I really hope the local fans are making memes about the squiggle because that would just proliferate. Like, I hope I hope we get some kind of lore about the uproar of the squiggle. Like, I want to be at a family dinner on Sunday in Crawley Town, hearing them talk about the squiggle. That would be a fascinating pod. We should fly out there and get to a get to a Sunday feast at a four-generation deep, like we're talking, grandma, grandpa's in the 100, 100 range, four-generation deep, Crawley Town combo on that squiggle logo. But yeah. on top of that, I'm staying bullish because you're going to walk around where you live with a squiggle on your chest. It looks like a a football club jersey people are gonna ask questions like people are gonna be like yo what club is that and you're like oh let me tell you about Snowbro Artbox, and let me let me hit you with all this information before we even get to football yo man i i think what we'll do is we'll we'll invite um some of the some of the people involved with managing that team on the show and we'll get that experience when the time is right um in general though like I know it sounds simple and corny, but I like merch, man. I, I'm i into it, dude. It's like this fandom thing, right? It's like, dude, yeah, hell yeah, give me a hat, give me a jersey. I'll follow along, dude. We're here for entertainment after all, are we not? Look, golf, golf season's popping off right now. You know, every March, April time frame, I start looking for the new fit for summer for, for the golf wear. And I was like, Where's a, where's the bake drop? Where's my bake merch? Like, haven't had a bake drop, and in, in, in a long time, I'm ready. I'm ready to buy some merch. Yeah, I'm sure you got boxes of merch up in up in the crib. Um, but let's talk about that, you know, because you made a pretty interesting trade. Um, it sounds like EB7 helped you to execute it. 
It involved you trading some bored apes that you've been holding for a long time and some doggos for a hoodie punk. I do want to clarify. I do want to get the record straight, just on record. I traded three apes, three doggos for a pudgy rod. A pudgy rod, yeah. Well, somewhere along the line, somebody gifted you a hoodie punk in this deal. So can we talk a little bit about the psychology, the reasoning behind why, why you did that move? Yeah. You want to go there? Well, I mean, we, we're going to be joined on this episode. It's hard to go there and not, it's hard to go there, to be honest. It's hard to go there and not like, it's hard to go there and be approachable. It's hard to go there and be approachable. I mean, I guess the question is like, is it FUD? Is it FUD that oh, no. good month, you know, no. one of the early board Ape holders and advocates, Trippy Ape on the timeline is trading apes for a crypto punk. Is that FUD? Not at all. Not at all. It, it's oper- it's, <clears throat> it's not FUD at all. It's an opportunist situation. Crypto punks floor was falling below board apes floor at a quick rate. I have been hunting hoodie punk trait for a long time. And mainly because the community that is around hoodie punks, they're diamond handed OGs. Like it is not a trait or a group of people for the faint hearted. Like they are long bagged. Holders, Hoodie Punk is a culture. Hoodie Punk is a community. I haven't even tapped into any of the chats yet, but I'd always been interested in it. You know, how long were you? How long were you actually like looking to acquire a Hoodie Punk? The moment I saw Crypto Punks, the moment I saw the amount of pixels that a hood gets on the JPEG. Made complete sense. You look at these pixels of these people and you get this huge hood over a person. It's It was literally a surface area on the canvas of the JPEG. It was a no-brainer to me. They have the most pixels, period. Like, that was easy. You've talked about in the past about traits building kind of this persona of a collector and building these sub communities like is is the hoodie punk the most kind of grail trait in nfts as we know it today it's not the most grail trait i think the most grail trait is an alien punk I think the most grail, the second most grail trait is a ape punk. I think a gold ape and a trippy ape go in front of a zombie punk, if not even. I think those are grail traits. I think the hoodie trait is the most, um, connected community surrounded by a trait of value. You have the you have the pimp coats of apes. You have the hip-hop jackets of apes. You have these niche traits. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not here to 
start, you know, hoodie punk turf wars. I'm just saying that, like, watch the bake floor dip. Watch the hip-hop trait capitulate. Watch the pimp coat trait capitulate. Watch the crypto punk floor dip. Watch the hoodie trait be unfazed. And you're looking, at and you're looking at 259 hoodie hoodie punks. 259 is a is enough to have a community. You know, the seven alien punks and the 24, 25 something eight punks, like that's not big enough. Why do you think it is that when the floors dip, uh, a pimp coat ape trait will dip, but a hoodie punk won't dip as much? Great question. I think in 21, PFPs were given this this role of identity, but and the identity was this subjective matter that was stuffed in a concept. The concept in 21 was community. And today in 23, we've really washed out a lot of the community concept that gave these PFPs identity. So I think we're at this point in time right now where communities are fragmented. The the I don't own a pimp coat with uh the w- uh, in the board ape collection. So I don't know if they have a pop and chat, but I can tell you when I look at the market, pimp coats are trading. They're moving. They're changing hands. They're not going, you know, pimp coat to pimp coat. Hip hop apes which I I had one and I'm a part of that chat. You know, it's not gated. I love that, Chad. They don't kick people out, but it's transient. Hoodie and, punks and... are not transient. I have DM'd most hoodie punk owners to make trades. Every single trade that I've tried to make, bad deal for me. They don't. They don't let up. I mean, I'd been I'd been asked like for six, seven apes. You know, maybe if my trippy was included with a handful of other apes, like these are hard holders. So EB7 puts his hoodie punk up on Twitter, wanting to get back in apes, ready to feel something. I love EB7. I got a lot of love for EB7. I've been working on a deal, like a theoretical deal with him for years. And I was like, there's one person that I want to trade apes to to get a hoodie punk. It's EB7. Why? Because I know EB7's going to take care of the apes. I know EB7's going to bring Spark back to the apes. So to your question, is this FUD on apes? Hell no. This is this is getting to the this is getting to a the the yacht of the boats in the Yuga ecosystem. That's all. Just a different yacht. Yeah, and I think you like to vault grails, and you didn't stop there. There was a 41 check floor sweep that hit the chain and that followed with uh, the accumulation of enough checks from Jack Butcher's visualized value for you to burn down on day 69 to a single pink check. Within 24 hours of bagging your hoodie punk, you minted a single check. Why? Good. Why? Yeah, let's go into this on the outro. Let's bring board G in and let's let's break this down on the outro. Fair enough. We have board Abe G 
from the ApeCoin Special Counsel. He's joining us. He's been on the show before. We picked his brain going into the ApeCoin Special Counsel election that happened earlier this year. And now we're bringing him to uh, bringing him in to get a follow up on that. See where things are at with the with the ApeCoin Council, the Yugi ecosystem. We're going to chat about that, and then we're going to circle back to this question of the single check with Good Month Eve. So let's go ahead and bring in Board Ape G now. Woo! Hey guys! Oh man, what a whirlwind! What a fucking whirlwind! Uh, no, I'm sorry, I don't know if I'm supposed to swear on your podcast. <laughs> but... That's all. Yeah, no, we prefer it. Yo. We prefer it. Let me let me ask you. First of all, you are a hip hop ape. You know that's your PFP. We were just talking about how traits in some of these collections, um, like apes and punks, are kind of create these verticals for sub communities to get together. Is that how you? And good month ETH met. Yeah, man, that is exactly how you know, and and that that hip hop eight crew has been solid. Of course, uh, even good month himself recently let like, go of that hip hop, but uh, it, it's it's definitely like well, it's by like number one Web three crew. Uh, you know, it's just the, the the classy guys that have been in there and that have come over the years. It's just uh, fantastic, and really a lot of builders. And you know, good month's at the top of that list. Yeah, and this is like, I'm going to call this a controversy because we have you on here to talk about the ApeCoin Council. You're a, you're a longtime Yuga board ape holder. Obviously, Good Month is as well. And he's you know traded three apes and three doggos for a hoodie crypto punk. What do you think about that? Let's get hey, your facts, takeaways facts, on this. Facts, 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 fact check. It was three <laughs> apes, three doggos for a pudgy rod. That was Fuck the trade. Rod, bro. The budgie rod. rod. It was a legendary rod. Going down bad on the penguin rare sweep. Yeah. Luca no, Nets no, come no at us. Luca. No shade to Luca. But you should have hit the D gods on that sweep, son. Let's go. Easy. Luca, Dude, come easy get game. your boy. Come, easy Luca, game, come get your bro. boy right come now. Come on. Yeah, but what are your thoughts on that uh, trade? You must have always wanted a hoodie punk. That's why you did it. Right. Like, yeah, I know a couple of those apes were, you know, long term, hold, like really like I didn't expect you're going to sell it or okay, but trading. That's a different story. So that means you, you really wanted a hoodie punk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you ever want to figure out what it's like to clone yourself, hold an ape for two years and then have that ape come into our hip hop chat with that PFP and start agreeing with you when you're in the chat. Greg. This morning when I was say- when I was talking about Oni Force, Greg is like agreeing with me. I felt like I was Chat GPT myself. Dude, I was it looking was at that. Experience. I was like, am I am I looking at two good months right now? I was looking at chat this morning. I was very confused. <laughs> I know, I know. It's hard to get over. And I wanna I wanna comment on it every time, but also like Greg just, you know, put a bag out to get it. So I, I'm I you know, I understand the perception of like you can't say like, oh, I feel like I'm talking to myself. He's like, dude, I, I own this now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it was hard. I, to be dead honest with you, the that chat group, the hip-hop trait, it, it kept me holding on to that ape way longer. And so I really understood the value of like trait-based communities. You know what I mean? And that's why Hoodie Punk, I've just always kind of been, af- been after it. We, we talked about it a little bit in the intro, but... Um, it's just been a, a trait slash community that I've always kind of seen as a long hold. I'll get back and I'll, I'll get a hip hop ape back. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, yours is, yours is designed for Drake. We all know that. That's lover boy eyes. Uh, you know, it's certified lover boys written all over your aid. That's designed for Drake. So I expect you to off that to Drake one day. Yeah. I, I tweeted him back at the bull run. I was like, Drake, when you're buying my hip hop, ape. <laughs> if y'all haven't seen board ape G's ape, like we'll throw it up with the pod. It's, it's a masterpiece. Gray fur, gray background. Hip hop jacket, heart shaped eyes. Like it is a masterpiece. <laughs> Thanks, guys. These guys are absolute lovers of apes and ape traits. You love to see it. That hasn't changed a bit. Make no doubt about that. So, Board Ape G, last time we had you on the show, it was ahead of the Ape Coin Special Council election, which that, you know, was completed and of course you know you're you're one of the key members of that council now so can you walk us through a little bit uh kind of what's happened since then in in your perspective here yeah and and of course before we dive into that i i gotta you know throw my flowers at you guys again i really appreciate you having been on the show obviously it was uh everything that was part of that campaign uh you guys were a key part of it uh to get me elected eventually you know get that message out and I uh, think really, you know, how I ended up getting elected on was the message resonated. And it, it really took, you know, I think at some point people realized like uh, I was an underdog and it, it came out because like the podcast, like, you know, the the post that I did, it got out, the message was there, the information was there. And you guys were really a key piece of my campaign to get me elected. So I really appreciate it. Well, I think, I think the thing really, to be honest, was what woke us up was the pod to you to like, I knew about you. We knew you were running, but on the pod, if you remember, that's when we started digging into like contributions, like in the designated space to run your campaign within the time window, who was putting in work. And I've always kind of fancied, uh, the idea of, of interviewing for a job. Like I always think that when people are interviewing for a job, like that should be your 150% sparkle. Like you're not going to bring that 150% every day, but that interview needs to be like up and to the right and like a wild experience to be the, you know, 90% to 110% producer day in and day out. Um, it was on that pod where we went into the discourse and we saw like all these people are running. There's people at the top and there's, not a lot of contributions in this time and space. And I think that was really hard for people to grok. Like, I think a lot of people were like, wait, don't judge me on this window of campaigning. Judge me on my past. But but I think this was a very big win for Web3, this election. It was a very big win for proof of work. Because it took a a while, like two weeks, I feel like. Maybe it was only a week took a while for the ship to turn, but we saw it. The ship slowly turned to line up and point at people who are putting in proof of work for the campaign in this time and space of this meta. Like, that's where everyone is going to allocate the judgment. It was probably one of the best experiences of governance in Web3 that I've ever experienced. What did you feel from your end? Yeah, I mean, living through it, right? It was, it, it, it's, you know, the 
definitely the biggest like kind of election campaign like I've ever run. Uh, not that I've been in politics. I ran like you know student council back in school. <laughs> Every time I ran against like so uh, you know it was always like the hottest girls in class and I lost. So I, I knew like that, that was my experience in the past. So this one had three shots at it, right? So I got in. <laughs> but it, it was like so being in it, yeah, it was, it was a grind. But it, you know I think it was just believing it in that message that it, for myself that hey I'm gonna put my best foot forward and. You know, that's it. If, if I, at least if I didn't get in, I knew I did my best to show that I can uh, help contribute. Um, you know, like where my talents were, are suited. I want, which I thought really was being on the council. And you know, that that's it. it it's when you're in it, it's just so hard. You know, when I started, I was like round one. I was out of it, right? Like I was bottom eight. But slowly, you just see the numbers slowly turning, and it's really because of that education. Uh, and, and you know, and the Dow is still young, so it has been a little bit of time for the community to understand like what the position entails right because even though people turned their attention to the DAO, not many people were really going onto the website and figure out hey what does the council do what does the four do right and then trying to see like who's applying and you realize and i was always pushing the message you're trying to elect a team right <laughs> like you want to make sure there's complementary skill sets if we're trying to achieve uh you know administering the vision of the DAO, which is the point of the board and so i think eventually like everything just like you guys were helping out with that message that's how we started seeing the like the the tide turn and and really going focus uh, as the the community got more sophisticated I think and understanding that like the eight coin DAO really is different than like let's say the board API club right and and there's just different priorities and different expectations for like let's say the BAYC council versus the eight coin council and once that education piece started to go through uh, and disseminate to the community I think we started seeing that. You know the, the ties turn to like okay we want to make sure we elect a good like three people that work well together to achieve what you know to help achieve what we're gonna accomplish or we need to do here on apecoin council with the atna alexis yeah and we we've seen a lot of people recently in in discussions we've had about DAOs all kind of arrive at this conclusion that DAOs are too restrictive and it's hard to kind of get things moving forward and we noticed that some of the AIPs uh, that are actually active right now are kind of surrounding governance in respect to like moderation of these AIPs. It seems like you guys think or whoever's proposing these thinks that it would be really helpful for there to be somebody designated to kind of like narrate the AIPs through the process and kind of help moderate that. Like can you shed any light on, on those AIPs that are currently existing regarding governance and moderation of AIPs and kind of uh, why that's popping up and where you think that's heading? Yeah, so so as of right now, with the voting will end tomorrow. There's this AIP for AP239, which is establishing a working group guidelines. And then there's like a governance working group. So typical for all these, for most DAOs that are mature, they 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 create what these things are called working group which decentralizes work to specific like work streams like within those working groups so it just allows uh for one example that not every aip needs to potentially go to a DAO wide vote right we're trying to decentralize the work because at, at this point let's say a request for a ten thousand dollar aip is going to go through the same process as a million five million dollar aip so just think about the inefficiencies of, with that, right? That and and the challenges if you're an author or a builder 
that when you're trying to request like $10,000 versus somebody who's trying to request like 5 million and you're going through the same process. So the idea with working groups is that you can put push a, like depends on what the DAO approves, right? Push certain functions down to these working groups and they could go make those de decisions more independently. And at least an author can go to that working group. And if it doesn't fit like their, their vision, they could still go toward the DAO wide vote if they want, like there's still that process. But at least it streamlines, uh, you know, things that are like urgent in nature potentially. Which, let's say, if it's a small grant request for like five thousand dollars, do you really want to be going through this like multi-week process with the the whole DAO voting versus potentially going to a working group that has that budget to approve a five thousand dollar spend at like next week's conference or something like that, right? For so that's what the working group, uh, the spirit of it is supposed to be, and that AIP two thirty nine that's up today's the first real working group guideline um, that's that's looking to establish the first working group, which is a governance working group. Got it. Thanks for sharing. So from what you've seen so far since you've been on the board, you know, what's like one of the biggest disappointments in terms of maybe the way that community has responded to something that you thought would have been in the best interest of the ApeCoin DAO. Um, do you have anything in mind that you can say, gosh, like I saw this and there was maybe some mis kind of misalignment and maybe people didn't fully understand the upside or, or anything like that? Uh, you know what, uh, on the board, we're, we're very objective, right? So we, we, we definitely are here to just serve the vision of the community. But even like given that in mind, we just haven't even got to that point where there has been enough AIPs <laughs> to go through that, that that you would feel like, oh, potentially there's something out there that you're super disappointed about. I mean, this this working group guideline that's up for vote right now is the first uh, of that working group proposal. And one, just because this goes up, other somebody else could put up another working group proposal, right? And, and this is just the first of it. So uh, I'm just excited to see that there's uh, the DAO is moving towards this further decentralization. Uh, and a working group structure is going to be important to that. And we'll just see how this vote goes. Uh, I know it's going, it's looking pretty good right now in favor. And I, I like, I think for me generally, whether it's this AIP or another, the, the spirit of further decentralization is always going to be something that I'm, I'm rooting for. So I'm, I'm glad that this proposal has come up there and it's looking like there's a good chance it might pass. And if it doesn't, I know there's a lot of people in the community that are ready to put up another proposal as well. Yeah, and to break down working groups a little bit, uh, am I correct in thinking they're like, you know, tiger teams or like teams that have work streams that are right. a attached to them? So people are actually kind of filling roles around a topic, almost like, um, almost like a role within a department at a centralized company. Is that fair to think about it like that? Exactly right, it, it, but you know, it, but you're throwing in the decentralized nature of it once you're in there. But ideally, let's say you had five different working groups, you would have one DAO vote that sends like splits up their budget, right? And as long as in those working groups they have their charters and they're and they have their the way that they're going to handle their budget, then you don't have to go through five different DAO votes, right? And this is common in other DAOs, right? They'll, they'll set up seasons. Here's the budget. Um, I think for us as an ApeCoin DAO, we're still relatively young. So there's like a lot of contention within people to like, because we just don't know yet as a DAO, like 
what is our like how do we go through these seasons how do we go through budgeting but you know that's just the nature of decentralized governance you have to go through a bunch of contentious votes to figure out like who you are <laughs> like what your identity is now and then once we figure it yeah. out you know we're uh well the beauty about it too like and i like i'm trying to like get this message out to people just because it doesn't it might not be perfect but that's okay the, even the way that Apecoin DAO structured the framework around it is you could always put up another proposal, right? Like if there's something competing, like it's in our governance documents that um, within three months, like you could go and like you could make it a proposal to go against another proposal that was passed or you could just do your own proposal. Like there's nothing stopping you. So I think a lot of uh, times I like to like encourage the community to, to kind of think that like, hey, you just want to get work done. If it's a, you know, you guys understand startups, if it's a reversible decision, like don't get too caught up on it, right? Like right? it's like, you know, better done than perfect. Cause at the end of the day, like there are mechanisms in place here to fix it if there's something like really egregiously bad, but uh, at this point, there's, I really don't think that we're, we're at that point. There's there's not much that you yeah. can propose to the DAO that you, that's irreversible. Yeah, I mean, and I can echo that just from a building standpoint in the startup world is like product market fit. You know, the amount of companies that bring ideas to product and it doesn't have product market fit, they go back to the drawing board to tweak a couple features, a lot of messaging, and try it again. Right. It's like you you don't know really if you have product market fit until you validate it. And, and the only way to validate it is give it a shot, see how it takes and and get out there. And I think, you know, a lot of startups to go through accelerators, they get six months of that. You know, every month they're pitching their product and their messaging and it's getting torn down and rebuilt, torn down and rebuilt. So, I mean, it sounds a lot like that. You You put an AIP out there, if it gets torn down. You take the comments, you take the feedback, you, you reach out to people to get their perspective, you reshape, and you try again. Right, and and, and the, like we, those AIPs, you know, when when people uh, have rejected their AIPs, it's really like maybe it's not it's not that it's a full rejection. It's like maybe it's just not yet. Like like you just said, good about like it's re, just go back to the drawing board, iterate and resubmit it. Right, it's just the timing of the doubt. This might not be correct at this time. Oh, yeah. I mean, just for anyone out there that's trying to craft AIPs or have been shot down an AIP, like, I'm telling you, like, getting told no early is a blessing. You know, if you're going to raise money through venture capitalists, like, the amount of time you're going to get told no because it doesn't fit their thesis, because they didn't get your messaging, because they have other port codes that compete, because they're not investing in this space anymore. Like, it's just going to make you stronger. So, man, that. It inspires me. To, I want to. I need to pop in there and just just give people pats on the back if they don't pass. You know, we got to we got to keep the passion there, right? And, and then I get a, I get pings all the time too, and I just try to encourage people. But also, like I've learned from my own like startup failures that like, but I've learned one thing: it's fail fast. Like I want to know like if if the DAO wants something. Like people are like, should I put this up? Yeah, go put it up. I want you to like for me. I want to know if there's an idea. It's like you you find out. There's just no some such thing as perfect. And that's something I had to totally. learn myself over time. It's just better to learn that, you know, you, you really like your test your assumptions and fail early. Yeah. Yeah. If we just recorded a podcast with Bored Elon, um, one of the biggest oh, Pepin yeah. holders into uh, really into gaming. And we threw up one of Jack Butcher's diagrams that's building versus betting. Uh, hey, easy. We're going to have to throw it up on this one, too. It's going to be a theme. We're going to have to remind people. It's going to be the diagram of the space. It's one of the most beautiful ones is like 
it's it's a it's a bar chart and the bar chart's trending up and underneath it says building and then it's a bar chart and it's spiked up and it's below the x-axis and a little one up and below the x-axis spiked up and then it says betting and you know this is this is a message i think i want to send to aip creators like if you're gonna go you're gonna go fail fast that's on the left that's aips failing 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 and you slowly start to see incremental wins if you think your AIP is going to be a hot butter through or if you think your AIP is going to be a hot knife through butter, you know, that's that betting diagram on the right and that that's a lot of ups and downs. So you want to you want to fit that building mode, right? Man, I love that. I love that comparison those charts. Yeah, they hit they hit hard. And it, so talk to me a little bit about like these working groups, you know, before you got on board um and before everyone else got on board alongside of you. Um, I I can say it. You can't say it. The DAO was a mess. Like, it was it was an absolute mess. And the reason why it was a mess is because you had all the opinionators coming in, and it was like everyone was a stakeholder, right? Everybody had a better take, and they were all v one dot oneing. And one of the examples before you and all the others that uh, got on board in this recent election, one of the biggest examples was the marketplace fight. Honestly, the ape coin marketplace debate kind of created blur, like kind of created the marketplace wars between OpenSea, Looks Rare, Blur, and... It was wild to see because someone was like, hey, we should have a marketplace to capture the spend and use ApeCoin. And then it was like, we need a marketplace that does XYZ. And everyone was like V1.Xing on the original idea. But now we have these working groups, which sounds like we have appointed stakeholders. Um, How do you think that impacts decision making in the ideation stage of an AIP? I think in that sense, just given also what current builders have gone through, it should really make things more efficient and more welcoming for these uh, these builders, right? Because there's a lot of hesitation right now for people. And I had a call the other day with uh, with a friend of mine um, that was recommended by a friend of mine, and he's a builder, and he was he's really put off right now, like putting up AIPs because he's just worried about the perception for his business. And, and it's just not, I was like, who can I really forward him to, uh, you know, to, and of course we have the working group zero folks, but they're not there yet. Like they're not there to hold their hand. Right. And that's all he was asking for. Right. Who's there that can, I, that can, I can rely on to go ask a question and we're just not there yet. Like, you know, there, there, there's no official welcoming committee to make people or, or and authors really feel like, you know, they can sit down with them and, and help direct them. So I do think if we can get some sort of working group, uh, version one, right, that's the, the plan here, uh, it should be able to allow these uh, builders to be more comfortable at least learning about the process because it is a little bit daunting if you're really not in it every day because i really don't think it's actually daunting but if you understand what's happening you know getting that perspective of someone new coming in and all they hear is 
people yelling on Twitter spaces. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard the last couple of uh, AIPs that went up. Um, you know, a couple of uh, very opinionated community members just like ripping apart some authors, right? And it's unfortunate, but you know that. But like hearing the perspective of somebody that's like trying to come in and build for this the the community. And like they told me that I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's a little bit rough. I could see that perspective, you know. So that it kind of it really for me solidified the idea that we do need some sort of working group structure to kind of mitigate this risk. Like this is a builder who wants to help the DAO, and they just don't want to be like ripped apart <laughs> before they even step in at the starting line. Yeah, Twitter Spaces get out of pocket real quick <laughs> in general, you know. And of course, and, you, you know, know everything. Facts. <laughs> It related to <laughs> Twitter. Facts, was that you? Was that actually you yelling on the AIP <laughs> Twitter space? Dude, if I'm on Twitter spaces, I'm fucking yelling at somebody. Facts is yelling, no, yelling at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, like that's just how Twitter spaces are. And I can see what you mean. Like if somebody is not familiar with like what's going on in Twitter spaces and what's going on <laughs> in the engagement farming world of NFT Twitter. And they're like, oh, I have a great idea that I think it makes a lot of sense. It aligns with the interests of the ApeCoin DAO and so forth. And they go to put up this idea and then they just are blown back by all this like wild fud that they weren't prepared for. If there was a working group to kind of like help walk them through the process and probably like, you know, address some of those things that in the past have caused contention on some of the proposals and kind of put them in a better position. So is that is that kind of the idea here? I think that's one. Definitely that's one. All right. Yeah. And it really just highlights that for me, that conversation I had yesterday, that it is really intimidating, as you just put here, or that it's really intimidating. Yeah, and getting that perspective from imagine you're just a builder who's not into this like space and you have a legitimate product you want to help the community and you're just you can the first thing you can do is you come in and like you just hear someone getting ripping apart another business like uh you know that's and then you're not getting help from anyone in the community to go like ideate on your idea and and how you know it can help benefit the DAO. So, yeah, it's a good reminder that you know we still have a long way to go, and we really need to be cognizant that not everyone understands. Like you know, people are just fucking around potentially, or there's personalities. Um, that, you know, that's not a reflection of the rest of the DAO. Uh, but you know, that's that exists, and we just need to take steps, and hopefully that the working groups are going to be able to help us uh, improve that process from the beginning. Yeah, and it, it is tough. Like you really do kind of have to come at this space with a little bit of media training, a little bit of like like if you've been on stage at a conference doing a keynote or you've been on stage at a conference doing a panel, then you probably, you know, you probably have the 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 chops to handle things coming at you, but still you you're not exposed to like you know, shit posters and hecklers. Um, and I think one thing that people need to keep in mind is that ideas are truly a dime a dozen. Like, really, they they are not a diamond in the rough. Ideas are pretty easy to have. Frameworks to put around those ideas are a little bit more difficult, but still, you know, ideating is is not doesn't have a um a high barrier um like execution does. And, and I think like if people are bringing ideas and, you know, shit posters are ripping them apart, 
sometimes it just takes a lot of time to body them, right? Body the shit poster and just ask the shit poster questions. You know, what, yeah, help that shit poster uh, further refine your idea. Um, and by the way, I always feel like I have to clarify this. Shit posting sounds negative. It's not negative. It's like, I, I you know, there's like a, a spectrum of shit posting in Grifter and we all fall somewhere in the middle and uh, <laughs> we, we move left and right. So shit posting is a piece, a, a part of the space for those that, that need the yeah, definition. For good. Shit, shit posting is a term of endearment for, <laughs> for good month. But, but, I, but I will comment that, you know, like, we have also discussed the fact that, like, um, not caring is one of the big barriers that DAOs face, right? Is people not being, you know, that interested. So maybe, like, swinging the other way and people getting especially passionate about it, you know, is, is probably a net positive. And then, and then kind of figuring out how to, like, you know, put some guardrails on these things to keep them respectful and productive is is kind of where this could go from here so i mean do you feel like in the last couple of months board abg that um the dow and then the conversations around the dow have become kind of more or less um empowering and interesting and engaging well well actually this is, this is a good segue because i want to take ping you guys and ask you like what are your like give it to me straight like what are your thoughts with the DAO, it's only been a few months. It's like, you know, the new term. But I want to know what you guys think of the DAO and what we could be doing better. Like, what's your perspective? You know, I think that currently the the, the process by which it works, it's becoming more engaging. And that's, I think, the direction that it should go in. I think given the size you know, of the funds in this DAO, given the size of the treasury, um, like the, especially in this like macro environment, it's kind of like absurd and it's on the back of this kind of whole like memetic experience of like apes and mutants and all of this stuff. So, you know, my thing is like as much as possible, to turn like the ape coin DAO proposal process and approval process into programming, into entertainment, into like, you know, something that is people can tune into. People who are stakeholders or curious, like can can get their kind of it can stay abreast of what's happening and also catch some kind of like entertainment and learn more about who are the people, who are, who are the characters in the story and all this stuff. And so there was one AIP that I, I think kind of, there was a couple, there was like um, the damn show and live game show, which was like a content uh, approach here with distributing information about ApeCoin. And then there was another one about moderating. So I, I kind of see these things like going in that direction. Like that's my, my main input, you know, coming from a uh, perspective where I do see like the impact uh, of creating focused content and creating like content that people can cut their teeth into. Like that's my, you know, idea is just generally to like 
put this in the framework of some interesting programming that's consistent and also entertaining. You no, know, that I I think that's fully aligned with what I yeah I think what's you know with with that like with BAYC right we got a vibe there and I think with ApeCoin it's like we what we need to, we're still figuring out like what is the culture we're we're supposed to be you know culture is pushing or we're pushing culture to the metaverse like that's our our vision right with ApeCoin now but like I think we're still we're still lacking a little bit of like what is the culture of ApeCoin and like that programming like what's our vibe I think that is directionally i i completely agree that's something i've been thinking about a lot too so the fact that like that's like your first thing your your perspective it really like resonates with me yeah and i to 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 plus one that i mean i think every builder needs a, a facts type of personality on their team um because what he just what he just described is exactly what he does with me all the time you know, it's like, I'll, I'll read a white paper or I'll see a post from a, a builder or a founder and I'll kind of like, you know, grok the, the framework and understand where they're going in the year on the roadmap. And facts will be like, dude, tell me what, tell me what this means. Like, tell me what they're doing right now, you know? And I'll be like, uh, well, they're not doing anything right now. They're building for this in the future. And it makes sense to me. But he's like, people aren't going to listen to this. People aren't going to buy this. People aren't going to understand this. People aren't going to grok this. And it's a, it's a phenomenal perspective to have because, you know, that type of perspective is like, I need to know, you know, I need to get information in snippets and I need to know what that information means and I need to be able to take action or I need to be able to, you know, take note of how I can take action moving forward. And I think, you know, taking a big roadmap and being able to have your events be succinct like that is extremely valuable to every business. And I think it, it definitely applies to the DAO. From, from my perspective, um, first off, the election, if, it, if the board doesn't drive any change beyond this point, a huge win that's come out of it is that the uh, Twitter is not the town square for the politics on the DAO, which is huge. Because before this board election, Twitter was the town square of politics for the DAO, which was, it was always diluted. You know, every time someone tweets their opinion and then someone rips off that opinion and then someone rips off that opinion, you're now 16 degrees away from the AIP itself. It's like getting your pamphlet to vote you know, measure 28.6, reading through the whole pamphlet and hearing one person's take on it at the Starbucks and then turning into a, you know, a, a echo chamber of debate at Starbucks and not single person has read the full measure. Um, they just heard from someone who read the measure, right? Does that make sense? So it's, it's insular to Discord, to the snapshot uh, voting page, to where the AIPs are on the discourse and to Fax's point, that's, that's, you know, it needs to be extracted at a higher level to understand what's going on there in an easier way. And I know that I know the Dow knows that. Um, but also the fact that it's insular does mean that there are people that understand the AIPs at a very fundamental level. And it's not, um, it's not amplifying in kind of a misinformation type manner. So I just want to give you all kudos on that. I think that's a huge win. Um, the next step is extracting it so that it can 
hit the masses so that they can come in to vote and get the right information. That's And that's a hard nut to crack, but I think you're in position to do it. The big take for me on the Dow, like if I were to build on it, like where could we go next is builders are really busy. It's like, it pains me that I'm not active in the working group every day. Um, and I want to be, and I need to do some organization on my, on my side. You know, when people say I don't have time for X, it literally means I'm not organized to prioritize X. That's, that's what it means. Um, and so I take that on myself. I'm not organized enough, um, in discord to be able to prioritize the working group. And so my like gut reaction is like, well, if we could have Slack integrations to internal companies where, you know, a working group post or like a digest or the AIP post can come through, you know, the Good Month Labs Slack, like that's something I can I can help build. I can build a, a Slack integration webhook for that Discord so that builders can like be integrated and small things like that, you know, that's that's what I'm thinking is like that next kind of really interoperable play of being able to pipe into builders, Slacks, Discords, or their workspace so that they can lend their hyper-efficient skills. I look at someone like OX Designer. Um, if any of y'all know who that is, OX Designer puts uh, design implementations out there of things that could be done better. Like, um, you know, he'll say like, CryptoPunk trading on Twitter and what it would look like and things like that. Like having OX designer pop in on someone who has an AIP product idea and OX designer being being able to be like, oh, let me just take two hours and go cook on this real quick. Now, OX designer can give this AIP submission some visual attention and that's a vibe. Man, I love it. Yeah, I think getting, uh, this is where I'm excited to, you know, once we have these work groups, because you guys are busy as builders and i think that the broader voting dial like doesn't always understand that right like i think getting this working group whatever working group structure whether it's this one that passes or another one um that you could get give that feedback as a builder to somebody that's going to be able to act on it and i think that's what we're missing and so i'm really excited that we could get that because you know we got to make good use of your guys's time and making sure that if you're putting effort in that you don't have to rely on a DAO wide vote to go get like a little bit of funding to go do something we everybody agrees that the DAO should do or like the majority of people do. So uh, I'm hoping that in the near future you'll be able to do that and and have that opportunity. To, yeah, working group should be like working on Slack and then, and and pull that into other builders at this or Slack group so they can you know just efficiently look through that every week and see what's going on with the DAO. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Look. I've learned a lot about what's going on and kind of the mindset of the ApeCoin Special Council at the moment. So we really appreciate your takes, Board Ape G. I'm, I'm hoping kind of every so often we can revisit and by doing so, we will have captured kind of the progress of some of these efforts that you, the team, and the community are making. Uh, before we do wrap this up, do you have any other kind of like key messages or final words that you wanted to share here today, Board AG? Yeah, yeah. thank you again for the opportunity and what you guys have done for the, the DAO in our space. And I, coming up again, we do have the election for two more special council seats. So I think it's really important for people to get involved again in, in trying to educate themselves and in electing two more. This wraps up 
finally taking away the the five appointed seats right there'll be five community members so these two are going to really be important so i would encourage the dao members to go get involved and, and learn about the process and now especially with this working groups what, what's coming down there's a lot to do with the dao so the message stays the same when is the election exactly the the new term will start july 1st so that whole but the election process is going to start next month like, which means people get, are starting a campaign, right? And we'll have the exact dates of when KYC has to be done and the applications, but it is going to start next month. And how many seats will be uh, elected? Two. Two more. Okay, so we have two more seats. In May and June, it sounds like this campaign is going to be going on to be finalized for this new term that's going to start on July 1st. So for everybody listening... Uh, this is your opportunity to get on the campaign trail and make an impact on the A-Coin DAO at the highest level. So definitely appreciate that. And we appreciate you, Board Ape G, for coming on the show. We'll see you on the timeline. You know, hopefully the you guys don't kick Good Month out of the Hip Hop uh, Ape channel for now. But I uh, love to see you, man. Thanks again for joining. Thanks again, guys. Thank you, man. Good. We had Board Ape G back in the studio, and he was keeping us abreast of what's going on with the ApeCoin DAO. Look, man, I think things are moving in the right direction here. I think that people are starting to understand better how to function as a DAO, and I think people like Board Ape G are making that a reality. What do you think about that? Yeah. Big takeaway for me in this episode is that the rails of DAOs are being set. When you look at what DAOs were in 21, when financial speculation was through the roof, it, they were a mess. They were woefully organized. And it takes a bear market to sort them out. Like the ApeCoin DAO is just now at the point of being able to get very small wins across the board. And it, I think it's important to tune in. And in fact, I think this podcast has uh, inspired us to spearhead an AIP uh, in a way we can help. Yeah, absolutely. I think that people who are involved with the down now are, I think they're feeling more comfortable with, with how it works and maybe understanding that you know, if everything just gets basically voted down, then you're just, we're just wasting time. Like we need to f around and find out uh, on some of these proposals, especially if the ask is reasonable. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to you know trying to put forward something of value as well, a proposal that is going to drive some education and knowledge and engagement towards the the voting mechanism and the AIPs. Um, so before we wrap this up, also, though, um, also yeah. one other point on ApeCoin DAO is I think people forget it's not Yuga Labs. It's a whole separate entity. So if you want to help proliferate the unification of spend and the utility of ApeCoin into a project, like you can easily get involved. There isn't a lot of money in the system right now outside of these treasuries. So... If you're building something and you want to incorporate ApeCoin and you have distribution, 
it's almost a no-brainer to go in there and and start you know getting involved i think in two years from now we're gonna see all these spidering network effects of people that are building around apecoin um but I think there's a big misconception right now. People think that ApeCoin is Yuga Labs and you have to be, you know, a board Ape Yacht Club lover or a CryptoPunk holder to be involved in ApeCoin DAO. And that just happens to be who's in there now with their PFPs. You could walk in there with a Doodles PFP and you could write a very convincing AIP um, that helps ApeCoin DAO progress its reach in the doodles community if you have distribution so yeah and in reality you only need one ape coin to vote and and so i think that like the narrative up to this point has kind of been a little skeptical of of DAOs and people thinking that they don't really work as intended and i think maybe good maybe it's the tide is is turning now and we're going to start to see things click and fall into place. And um, I'm hopeful for that and hoping that we can be a part of that. Uh, but before we let you go here, I wanted to ask you some some questions here about your recent NFT buying spree. Now, we talked about the hoodie punk at the beginning of the show, the grail hoodie. Somehow there's a pudgy rod involved in the steel. Yeah, bagged for a pudgy rod. Shout out Luca Nets. So earlier in the episode, we talked about the hoodie punk. You vaulted this grail, which is beautiful to see. I think everybody in the NFT ecosystem has respect for the hoodie punk. I think that that is undoubtedly one of the grails in our ecosystem. And then your next order of business was to go on a check buying spree. And I had the pleasure of watching you burn those checks down to a single pink check. So now you are a holder of a single check. Good. What does that mean to you? How does that feel? And why did you decide to make that move? Yeah. I mean, it it was a... Um, it was a very subjective experience burning down to a single check. Like... It was the most uh, personal experience I've ever had in creating a NFT or burning and minting an NFT. Um, I think that you know the timing was right within the market to get the get the original checks to go burn down. The group of people that have a single check, I I kind of see them as uh, a grail collector community much like a hoodie punk much like grail apes um also i think like i'd been hunting the hoodie punk for so long that you start to realize you know it's not about the aesthetics of what the hoodie punk is you know you could chop it up to whatever you want you could say like oh it's got nerd glasses it's got this type of beard or this type of chain and yeah you can go ahead and say you know xyz at the end of the day a hoodie punk is a hoodie punk and i identified with the hoodie more than i identified with whatever was on the face you know buck tooth spotty spotted skin um widow's peak i don't even think widow's peak shows in a hoodie trait because it's it's over the head uh you know earring that never that doesn't show in the hoodie punk but it is a metadata trait 
necklace, sunglasses, whatever it is, I didn't care. I wanted the hood. And so I was kind of thinking like, what, what could I put over the face that I vibed with? And the first thing that came to mind was a, a check. Um, a single check over the face of a hooded punk, I thought, was a journey and an endeavor that I wanted to go on. And so that was the motivation, you know? I don't... I'd been motivated to get a hoodie punk for two months. I wasn't going to overpay for it. Now that I got one, the minute I got one, you know, the next day was day 69 of checks, and it was the Opepin rarity assignment. So I had double incentive. I had day 69 burn provenance. I had uh, Opepin rarity assignment uh, incentivization. And the fact that I had just gotten a hoodie punk 24 hours prior means I could smack that check right on its face. And I'm going to update my PFP to that. So what I'm hearing here is that you wanted to put a single check in place of the face of the hoodie punk and make your own custom grail PFP. I love to hear it. And also economically, the timing of sweeping a bunch of checks and burning them down to a single check was advantageous too. And to your point about this like single check holder community, you know, I definitely think it, it kind of inspired this idea of, you know, we probably need to speak to some of these single check holders on the podcast and and see what, you know, where they're coming from and, and learn more about them. And like, this is kind of a whole nother like networking opportunity to go alongside with, a lot of uh, what we hope to, to do here in participating and kind of helping build alongside Jack in this kind of like open source checked Opepin community that's coming together here. So I love to hear it. Uh, thanks for sharing. With that, that wraps up another episode of Never Fade, the NFT podcast. Follow me on Twitter at facts underscore ETH. Follow Good Month Eve. Look out for the hoodie punk with the check face. You're not going to be able to miss it. To our producer, AZB at Hazel B. Jordan on Twitter. This is the NFT podcast. Never fade. Follow us. Subscribe. Comment. We appreciate your feedback. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time. Ciao. That's a bad bet if the bags check less. About to burn back to back. Flipping not cheap when that Jenny Doug hits. That's the race to one. 250 in the world and you chose to sleep. That's a bad bet if you wake up check less. No more people without bags, but they need.